Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of How Simon Sees It. I haven't done one of these episodes for a while and I think it's time now for us to dive back in. In this episode, I want to consider the network television show Married at First Sight from a mimetic perspective. For those of you who don't know, in Australia we have this television show called Married at First Sight in which so-called experts arrange marriages between hopeful couples. It's one of those guilty pleasures that a lot of people indulge in but never admit it. The early episodes show us the weddings, which is also the first time these people meet their spouses. The rest of the series then follows the couple's trials and struggles as they attempt to build a relationship with each other. One thing I found really interesting about this show is that spouses are often disappointed with their partner. Each season, someone decides they would prefer to be with someone else's spouse than their own, and they end up cheating on their own partner. The show has an alarmingly low success rate for creating happily ever after marriages, yet thousands of people continue to apply year after year to become contestants on this show. Why? Let me attempt to answer this question through the lens of mimetic theory. According to mimetic theory, we all feel incomplete in and of ourselves, so we look around for someone to imitate. We look for someone who is happy, successful, whole, and we tell ourselves that if we can just become like that person, then we too will find satisfaction. I don't think it's an uncommon thing for unmarried adults to look around at other married people and assume that they are all happy. One of the common stories we hear when we're introduced to contestants on Married at First Sight goes something like, I have achieved so much in my career, I have established this identity, blah, 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 but there's still something missing, or I want someone to share those things with. What these contestants are really saying is that they have pursued numerous identities and objects such as houses, careers, cars, and they hope that those things would bring them satisfaction. Unfortunately, all these pursuits have left them feeling empty and unfulfilled. Dissatisfied, these people look around for a new identity and decide that all those married people look so happy and joyful. They say to themselves, if I can just get married, then I too can feel happy and complete. This is the missing piece of the puzzle. This is the thing that will finally bring me joy and peace. So these people attempt to find a lifelong partner. They sign up with every dating website. They go on every blind date they possibly can, but never seem to find that special someone. Others actually become engaged or married in the hope that their partner will make them complete, only to break up and have their efforts frustrated. With each setback and obstacle, the desire for a spouse grows because we always want what we can't have. Do you remember as a kid really wanting a toy or something like that and eagerly awaiting its arrival? You are so excited and it's all you can think about. Time seems to drag as day by day you wait for this object that you hope will make you complete and happy. Finally, you receive that object and you clasp it with excitement and hope. 
but one or two days later, maybe a week, you realize the toy has failed to deliver, it's failed to satisfy you, and you feel empty. In all likelihood, you then picked up a toy catalog and started scrolling through for your next desired object, the next thing to set your hope upon. Maybe the next thing will make you whole and complete. And so the cycle begins all over again. The contestants on Married at First Sight earnestly desire a spouse and they have sought diligently to find the right person. As they continue to strive and strain for their desired object, their desire grows and grows into desperation, a desperation that prompts them to become contestants on a TV show that is designed more for ratings than sincere matchmaking. Contestants probably have more chances of winning the lottery than finding their happily ever after on Married at First Sight. Yet desperation and desire cares little for probabilities and convinces us that maybe, just maybe, they could find their special someone on network television. Finally, their big day arrives as our hopeful protagonist marries some random they've never met before. Like a kid on Christmas morning, the contestants now have their desired object firmly in their grasp. They are excited for the new life that awaits them. Yet, like all other objects they've chased before, this one fails to satisfy them. Somehow, this random person does not live up to their expectations. Disillusioned, the contestants start looking around for another object or spouse to complete them. You see, the experts had it all wrong. They should have matched them with that person, that contestant over there. That person is smart, funny, sexy, not like this random nobody to whom they're currently married. But that smart, funny, sexy person is off limits to our protagonist because they are married to another. It's so frustrating because that smart, funny, sexy person isn't even appreciated by their own partner. Well, of course they're not. Like our protagonist, the spouse of the funny, sexy, smart person has also rejected them when they failed to satisfy their spouse's deepest existential longings. That's how desire works. We're always chasing something new and shiny that we hope will fulfill all our dreams. But once we catch it, we are left dissatisfied and start looking for some new object to pursue. Until we realize this same pattern in our lives, it's like we're stuck on a reality TV show always searching for satisfaction, but never finding it. Thanks for joining me on this episode of How Simon Sees It. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.